seated. Beloved of God, grace to you and peace this day from God, our Creator, and from our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Our Gospel reading today invites us to reflect on the themes of mission and call and what it means to be a follower of Christ. These are appropriate subjects for the season of Epiphany when we focus on the light of Christ, a light that shines not only for me and not only for us, but for the whole world. So I actually brought this document with me today. This is St. Mark's mission statement. It's called officially Mission, Vision, and Ministry. And it is the result of hours of reflection and discussion and prayer on the part of your congregational leaders just a couple years ago. Now, I know that some mission statements are as good as the paper they're written on. You can tell this one is superior because it's laminated. <laughs> Sometimes they get filed away and never read again, but that's not the case with our mission statement. I find it quite helpful, which is why I keep a copy handy. It names our priorities as a congregation in mission, which helps guide our decision making. Now, it would be difficult to memorize the whole thing, but the first few words I know by heart, maybe you do too, we are a people and a place for God's grace. Now, these might strike you as a catchy slogan, but they are so much more. They remind us of who we are called to be as a community centered in Christ. For, the, for me, these words are like a compass they orient me to what the Spirit of God is doing in this place, forming people of faith who are not only open to receiving the grace of God, but also sharing that grace with others. There are so many voices out there telling the church what we need to do and be, what program we need to try, what product we need to buy in order to remain relevant in these postmodern times. It's a bit overwhelming which is why I appreciate the simplicity and clarity of these words. We are a people and a place for God's grace. This is our mission. In our gospel text, we hear Jesus speak similar, clear, simple words, words that point to the focus of his mission. They're the first words we hear him speak in the gospel of Mark. The time is fulfilled the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. Jesus had been baptized. He had endured 40 days in the wilderness. He arrived back in Galilee with a renewed sense of call. And the first thing he did, according to Mark's story, was to announce the kingdom of God and to call others into this ministry. I hear eagerness in Jesus' voice. It's go time, people. Turn from those things that distract you and disorient you and lean into the good news of God's reign. From this point on in Jesus' life, in his ministry, he dedicated himself to helping people imagine and experience God's kingdom. Not only did he preach and teach about it, using parables and other stories, 
But he revealed the nature of this kingdom by healing people. He paid as much attention to the plight of a poor sick woman as he did to the leader of the synagogue whose daughter was dying. He cast out demons and cleansed lepers. He empowered a paralyzed man to walk home on his own two feet. Now, I don't think Jesus did this just to dazzle people or to show how miraculously powerful he was. All of this was in keeping with his mission to show us the kingdom of God. In Jesus, we see what kind of sovereign God is. We see how God chooses to exercise power. God uses divine power for the benefit of the broken and the bound, for the discouraged and the faint of heart. In Jesus, we see that God's kingdom is governed by compassion, not ambition. Now, the phrase kingdom of God is a curious one. There are many passages in Hebrew scripture that refer to God as king. It's a common metaphor. But we don't find this phrase, kingdom of God, in Jesus' tradition. Yet he uses it over and over and over again. In fact, if you read all four Gospels through, you'll find it almost 100 times. I don't think it's to convince his followers how much like a king God is. I think it's the opposite. It's a contrast. The authority and the power we see in Jesus are nothing like the kings of his day. The reign of God is not like Caesar's reign or Herod's reign or any other king with whom the people were familiar. What we see in Jesus' ministry is that God does not seek to oppress people, to hold them captive or to prey on them for God's own benefit. God desires life and freedom and wholeness for people. The power Jesus wielded was the healing power of compassion. He forgave sins and bound up the brokenhearted. He invited people out of the shadows of guilt and shame and set a place for them at the table of grace. He opened the eyes of the blind and welcomed those who had been unwelcome. It was Jesus' mission and his passion to announce and embody this reign of God. He changed the world, not with violence or coercion or domination, but with the power of love. It is into this reign that we have been called. We are part of this movement of divine compassion and grace. We take our place next to the other disciples, Peter and Andrew, James and John, Mary and Martha, all who follow Jesus into the reign of God. As baptized people, we have been called to bear the light of Christ and to share this good news in word and deed. It sounds so great, doesn't it? So doable. It's like this story. It makes following Jesus look kind of easy, doesn't it? This gospel story today. Christ says, follow me, and the nets are dropped. Families are bid farewell. 
and a new life begins. But we know that following Jesus, really following Jesus, is not easy. We know the rest of this story. These disciples who were so eager, they struggle. They bicker and compete with each other. They seek power over others. They let their fear get the best of them. They falter and fail. Christian discipleship is not easy. It's like having dual citizenship in cultures that are very different from one another. The values of the kingdom of God clash with the values of our culture, and we get caught in the middle somewhere. I wonder if this is why from the very first time Jesus announced the kingdom, he spoke of repentance. To repent, at least in the Gospels, is to change one's thinking, to correct one's course, to be reoriented. Discipleship is impossible without repentance, without the Spirit of God coming to us in grace to reorient our thoughts and our actions, to work in us. I find such hope in this. The person I am today is not the person I will be a few years from now. This was certainly the case with the disciples. The Peter who denied Jesus in his time of need was not the same man who boldly carried on Jesus' ministry, even to losing his life. The Spirit of God was at work in him. And the Spirit of God is at work in us, graciously molding us into the people God has called us to be fitting us for God's kingdom of love and justice. Without that divine work, it would be pointless to have a mission statement. We would never be able to be a people and a place for God's grace. But with the Spirit of God at work in us, all things are possible. It's in this power that we put our trust. Thanks be to God. Amen. We sing together, and if you have prayer cards, just hold those up, and the ushers will gather them.